Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, a daily podcast about space, science, and tech. I'm your host, Will Walden, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about Apollo 11. Not just the moonwalks, not how everybody banded together on the surface of the Earth to make this thing happen, not the unification of humanity. We're going to talk about something that NASA hasn't really talked about. And that's that the Apollo moon rocks that the Apollo 11 astronauts returned to Earth after their historic moon landing. They studied them. Not only did they study them for composition and uh, water and things like that, they studied them for life. They studied them to see if anything lived on the moon. And NASA just released some footage about this. They just released some footage of scientists examining these moon rocks to see if there's any creepy crawlies in there, to see if there's any little moon men walking around in those samples. And in this footage, biologists and chemists can be seen studying the samples at NASA's Ames Research Center in California. They worked with the samples in a clean room, of course, and they did it in the clean room because they didn't want to contaminate these samples. And NASA said, we were really concerned about contaminating the samples with our own bacteria. We had to be careful that we didn't introduce a microbe into the samples and then falsely say that we'd found life on the moon. NASA has said that the clean room that was used to open and study the samples was even more pristine than a sterilized surgical room. The exteriors of this package that was used to transport lunar soil samples at Ames were sterilized before the scientists even opened them. And that was the initial layer. They were packaged within a series of jars inside of jars that contained bags of these samples. The scientists also used sealed boxes that contained a flexible glove, which they're called glove boxes, imagine that, to open and study the samples. And high air pressure within the boxes prevented airflow or further contamination. They wore smocks, boot covers, gloves, and masks. They had to cover up their hair to make sure nothing got into these samples because if samples like this were returned to Earth and NASA falsely claimed that they had found alien life, moon life, and then they said, oops, sorry, that was uh, that was uh, another thing that wasn't from the moon. It's our bad. It would look really bad for NASA. 
although it wasn't believed at that time that there was life on the moon, the possibility of it, it couldn't be ruled out. I mean, we're going all the way up to the moon. We have to bring back these samples anyway, so you might as well check them for life. So I'm going to take a quick second to talk about my partner, Audible. In the description below, in the description of this podcast, you can get two free Audible audiobooks. No questions asked. You can just go get them pretty quickly. You get two free Audible books. Don't have to return them if you don't like the service. You can also exchange it for anything that you do want. So if you don't like the book that you started off with, you can exchange it and get a different one. It's pretty simple. I use Audible every night before I go to bed. I listen to spacey and sciencey books because, well, my mind never really stops. So listening to people talk about science stuff calms my brain for some reason. I have no idea why. I listen to books by Brian Greene, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, you know, Sean Carroll, etc. I have about 13 or 14 books that I do listen to on a regular basis off and on. And I've returned books too. So if you either go to the link in the description of this podcast, or you can go to spacenewspod.com and there's a uh, Audible link. You can get two free audio books from Audible. So thank you, Audible, for being my partner. I really do appreciate it. Now let's get back to some moon science. So these studies were conducted at both Ames and Johnson Space Center in Houston, and they showed that the moon didn't support any life, right? So they didn't find any life. There was no real reason to release these videos to the public. They were, you know, they they didn't find anything, so there's no reason to tell everybody, hey, we haven't found anything. Sometimes it's great when you have a big discovery, so recently... You know, they took a picture of a black hole. You want to shout that from the rooftops. You want to tell everybody in the universe that you took a picture of a black hole. But if you didn't find the black hole, if you didn't take a picture of it, well, you're not going to say, hey, we didn't take a picture of a black hole. One of those kind of things. So NASA didn't release anything. So uh, they they, uh, inspected for different signs of life. No life was detected after they tried to inspect it for months and months on end. And they said, why were we doing 300 different environments? Because on Earth today, bacteria live in all sorts of strange environments that you wouldn't expect. So nutrients and conditions suitable for life were provided to the samples. And then they were expected for signs of growth and reproduction. They wanted to actually... Uh, try to incorporate life into these samples as well. Like just give them the things, give them the things that would create life basically and see how they work. But nothing happened. Not a big deal. And it was the beginning of astrobiology and at Ames, it was part of the life sciences uh, directorate. The group started in 1961 and by 1970, one fourth of the rapidly growing group included female scientists Researchers in this field study the origin, evolution, and future of life as we know it on Earth and signs throughout the universe. So NASA's going back to the moon as well within uh, about five years, they say. And 
Elon Musk actually just said, I had a podcast about this yesterday. Elon Musk said, hey, if NASA isn't going to do it and we have the technology, we may as well just fly a SpaceX rocket up there just to show them, you know, that we can do it. Just because why not, right? So when Elon Musk and SpaceX get up to the moon, are they going to search for life up there? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But NASA has searched for life up there already. And they didn't find anything. So you never know. So I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day today to spend it here with me on the Space News Pod. You can check me out on Twitter, at Space News Pod, on Facebook, at Space News Pod, on YouTube, Space News Pod. And thank you again for your time. My name is Will Walden. This has been the Space News Pod. And I will see you soon. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.